It's Alan Shearer. That's the way to finish it. Reset. Gerard on his favourite right foot. Goal! Gips around ball. Henry! His sheer quality. Hello everyone and welcome back to Everything About Football. I'm Aditya. And I'm Saumit. Okay, did you have time to catch your breath? What a week it's been. Yeah, City vs Spurs in the Champions League midweek. Who would have imagined a better fixture in midweek when you're going through your daily routine? Such a great game comes around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the pundits out there are calling it one of the games of the Champions League. The One of the best I've ever watched. Does it rank up there for you? Definitely. And also in a long time... I think the football world hasn't seen such a game. Yeah. Where there was not so in the Champions League, have we? Not even in the Champions League. Not even yeah. just in the footballing world, yeah. in sense. And um, so much drama, so many twists and turns. It was a match full of drama, full of intensity, full of tension, full and of emotion towards the end. Full of emotion in the end, of course. Yeah. The VAR played its role. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a great match, definitely, for any football lover out there. It was hard for City in the end, but still, it was a great match. For those of you who are listening in, in case you're living under a rock, Spurs went through to the semi-finals of the Champions League. Uh, they lost the match at the Etihad, yeah. but they got through an away goals. If there ever was a match mm. to exemplify how important away goals was, this was it. Exactly. And if there ever was a match to exemplify how or why VAR is important, this was it, wasn't it? Definitely, because... Uh, VR I think was used on two occasions. Yeah. The final one which where Aguero was offside and the Lorente's goal. Lorente's goal. So it played and I'm pretty sure uh, it has made its uh, statement out that that we need VAR. It's going to be in the Premier League next season. It should be. Yeah, it should be. So do you agree with the final decision though that it wasn't a handball? I know there are a lot of views out there, but the way I saw it, initially I thought it was a handball because Although VAR does involve technology, it does require a human to actually interpret the laws of football. Uh, And this was a classic example why you need both and it can't just be technology. Yeah, actually, the first time when I watched it, uh, and to me as well, it looked like it touched his hand first and then his waist. So it didn't touch his hand? That's what I thought. I thought it touched his hand. But when you... The second camera angle from inside the goal, I was more convinced that it didn't touch his hand yeah. and the ball hit uh, his waist with his leg bent yeah. which made it go inside the goal. I'm pretty sure Pep Guardiola did say this, that he said something yeah, like, he did uh, say that in the from my angle it looked a uh, handball, from the referee's angle. Yeah. But I think that's it. the point of VAR, to take into account all the angles yeah. and then give out the fact to the referee so that he can make the decision. because. VAR by itself doesn't make the decision, it's the referee, yeah. but he has all the tools that he needs to make that decision. Yes, definitely, because uh, I think both the decisions, the VAR decisions were correct. Yeah, uh, and you're talking about Aguero's offside. Aguero's offside, yeah. and uh, it is so important. Like, uh, did, you see, did you see Pep's reaction as soon I, as Sterling scored the goal? Uh, yeah, it took him almost, I think, 15-20 seconds to realise Almost, the uh, yeah, he, the, the whole Etihad erupted in joy, yeah. and uh, it is sad for any fan... Yeah. to be like their uh, joy to be ended that way but still it was uh, the right decision in the end of the at the end of the day yeah. and uh, pep did say that we are cost us the game but he said it should go on for the good of the game yes yeah. he did say that and uh, i'm pretty sure if he looks at it today he would agree that that was not a handball yeah, yeah. and and i was just looking at the faces of the fans yeah. uh, on television it was very similar uh, to the expression on United's fans when Aguero scored the goal to win the Premier League yes. all the hope disappears yeah. and 
you know that this is it for you yep and it was quite similar to that yeah it was similar and uh, i think but city can be proud of what they have done they but can they though because getting to the quarter finals is something that even pellegrini managed or did he manage to get to the semi finals he, he was knocked out in the semi finals against real yeah, madrid yeah yeah so and that was that real madrid team under zidane and this is pep with what is supposed to be his perfect team uh, so do you actually think that pep guardiola may consider this season not a failure but somewhat of a letdown definitely a letdown and uh, i think pep uh, kind of did a mistake by getting in company and mendy for this match yeah they were good but uh, they're I not think, fit are they? yeah they're not very fit they don't have a whole season behind them where they could uh, you know put in that effort and, and kevin de bruyne was struggling as well kevin de bruyne in the first half was really really good again yeah. in the first half of spurs but i think second half was a bit of uh, nerve and all that and we know why that is because kevin de bruyne played the full 90 minutes yeah. in the fa cup semi finals against brighton when arguably he could have been rested yeah perhaps but i honestly felt kevin de bruyne was at his best we have seen this season yeah. in the first half was his spurs but do you think you, you, would you say that despite all his niggles all his injuries i think what he did in the first was really good second half city i think it was a bit of uh, nerves it was a bit of tension yeah. and also i think at 73rd minute when uh, city like lorente scored pep missed a trick by not getting on leroy sane yeah Uh, Gabriel Jesus and Riyad Mahrez both all the three attacking players were on the bench and Leroy Sané came on only in the 83rd or 84th minute it was too late by then was it yeah like when he had come maybe he had come in at 73rd minute immediately he would have a good part of 20 minutes to be a part of and torment the Spurs defense which was very vulnerable on the day they, and they were cons- tired yeah and they already considered four goals yeah so i think he missed a trick there and he should have removed Mendy or even Compre for that matter yeah uh, and One getting them, the fresh legs yeah there. getting the fresh legs and i feel they didn't uh, put in much crosses in this in the in that game had hesus come on he's someone who can head the ball who can jump and he can uh, wrestle out the spurs defenders and he could have won some headers and maybe they could have got a better chance of scoring a goal but they never he didn't try anything different what you're basically saying is he stuck to the same tactics that were successful in the past yeah uh, he, but he scored, should have been more yeah, pragmatic in this yeah, instance he's sco- he had scored four goals but you should try something new because i thought spurs were a bit wasteful of the chances when they scored the third goal i always thought spurs could have nicked one more goal and put the they could have they could yeah. have honestly they could have son was free a couple of times lorente was free and i think uh, it was ben davis who made a yeah. run there on the left wing yeah. but they could have really scored one more goal because city with were only laporte and company and they were very wide they were huge there was a huge gap in the center so i always thought spurs could have nicked one more goal but they were clearing the ball and wasting their chances yeah speaking uh, of lorente though we mentioned him last exactly in the last yeah. episode and yeah, we thought he wasn't the solution but clearly we have, we have proven more wrong. than two occasions this season yeah. for spurs he has scored that one important goal yeah so this was in the champions and league. honestly though if you're stepping in and you're understudy to harry kane yeah. that's all you need to do yeah you have to score the yeah. goals because harry kane is someone who has been in the right place at the right time for spurs on many occasions and that's what lorente did now yeah. and and we spoke of son as well in the last episode <laughs> and how he was one of the most important members the, for spurs the second and he goal, has been amazing most the second goal was a world class finish for me yeah he set it up on his right foot and he curled it in on to the right far in corner um it is son is someone who you you don't know from where he could score yeah. he, he's but he's he's mr dependable isn't he he yeah. is to spurs what aguero is to city yep but i think uh, this season 
uh, for City, the two most important players for me, my point of view, I think it was Bernardo Silva and Raheem Sterling. Absolutely. These two. Uh, because Kevin De Bruyne has been on and off oh, with yeah, his niggling injuries. Aguero, he's still the leading goal scorer in yeah, the Premier League. Yeah, he scored 19 goals. But you still feel there's more to yeah. him because we've seen yeah, a better version of Aguero. We have seen, yeah, exactly. We have seen so much of Aguero in the last eight years. Yeah. And uh, so for me, as I said, uh, Sterling and. Silva, Bernardo Silva have been the more uh, important players and they have the ones who start up the play and more often than not, yeah. he scored so many important goals. He almost got them to the Champions League semi-final this yeah, time around. Yeah. But yes, uh, it was a great, great game. On, on the flip side, Pochettino, yeah. this is one of his most important achievements in his career. Definitely. But when he was asked whether this was the most important match of his career, yeah. he said it wasn't. He said it was a match that when he was at Espanyol that yeah. kept them up. And that goes to show that this is a manager who's been clearly been through a lot yeah. and his achievements range all the way from saving a club from relegation yeah. to getting a club into the semi-final yeah. and they stand a very good chance of getting into the final. Yep, yeah. definitely Ajax is there who have knocked out Real Madrid and Juventus, two of the big, big horses. Guns, yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, talking about Pochettino, what he has done with Spurs is something incredible. Mind you, they didn't make any signings this summer. They didn't. And uh, nor in the January transfer window. Yeah, and to be in, I think they were in all the four competitions this year till 2019. Yeah. Okay, if we bar the Carabao Cup, they were in the FA Cup. They were in the. They are still in the Champions League. And and at that point, they were in this. They were still in the title title race. race. I think a month ago they were still in the title race. So with no signings, he can do afford that. And with the new stadium coming in and all the expenses that goes around that, he's done a fantastic job with the club and and with the players. He's basically developed so many of them. And we could see the emotions towards the end of the match and even after the match where he's just hugging all his coaching staff, his assistant managers and just screaming his lungs out. And if you were active on social media, you would have picked up a few videos on Instagram about how wild the celebrations were. It just goes to show that this is a club which clearly they have ambitions they have yeah. a plan yeah. and and to them it means so much more than just getting into the semi-finals because for yeah. them it's fulfilling a vision it's fulfilling a dream yeah. and it's really fantastic to see yes and uh, I think the person who you would see in that Spurs contingent who was celebrating the most was Pochettino yeah. more than any other player yeah. he was the one who was shouting who was the one who was jumping and he was hugging all the players Yeah. so that is something that shows how much he believes in this team and to have achieved it now, it is really amazing. It's good for Pochettino what he has done, and I'm pretty sure Ajax versus Spurs in the semi-finals is going to be one really good fixture because yeah. Ajax too, and I think Ericsson was an ex-Ajax yeah, player, yeah, he is, so he is, there's yeah. some connection there. Yeah. And it should be a good match, both like good football, yeah. so it should be a good match there now for them. And that was the other big match, wasn't it? The yeah. giant killers, Ajax. They beat Real Madrid, now they played Juventus. Yeah. Uh, a relatively young team with a blend of experience. Yeah. It's not just the likes of Frankie De Jong, Delict. Yeah. They also have Dusan Tadic, who, yeah. who was moderately successful at Southampton. Yeah. They also have Daily Blind, yeah. who was not so successful at Manchester United. Yeah. So, they clearly have a great mixture of youth and experience in that squad, and yeah. that's helping them. Yeah, and basically, it's the kind of football they play. Uh, I don't think they need a star player in that team. I think I, I don't remember Ajax have you ever signing a star player. Yeah. Be- probably because they can't afford to, and also yeah. because they don't need to. Yeah, they yeah that they don't need to because the system is that way. And of course, they compete in the Dutch league. Yeah. Uh, even though Dutch league is pretty much it's between PSV and Ajax this season, yeah. but still, uh, they don't need to spend that much. And they've always known to develop good players. 
and uh, now you see uh, these these group of players against Spurs. But you can see the similarities. Yeah, similarities there. Yeah. They have developed many young players. Yeah. So. And yeah, I completely I, agree. And last yeah. last week when in our episode I spoke that Juventus was another title contenders in the Champions League, and <laughs> and I think everyone was surprised. Yeah. Like two one away at. Uh, I think they put away. all the eggs in one basket, and yeah. the name of the basket was Cristiano Ronaldo. He did come up with a goal there. Yeah, but, but I think uh, that is the most that what you what yeah. he could have done. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I think you need a team, especially if you're coming up against the likes of Ajax, yeah. who are fast play high pressing football yeah. the total football that Johan Cruyff developed at Ajax that's yeah. still intact a, a brand of football which is very similar or not too dissimilar to what's in place in Barcelona yeah. so I think they are a relatively slow team Juventus yep. not just because they have older players but their style of play it's it's very successful in the Italian Serie A yeah. but in the Champions League maybe not so much yeah and uh, I, I just happened to feel that Ajax were very calm even after uh, I think they were goal down yeah, they were. and they came back or it was 1-1 one, one, something yeah. that way and they were always calm it never looked like oh we are in the Champions League quarter final and we have to score a goal yeah. they always looked calm and they confident that they they might nick a goal and it is shown against Real Madrid they defeated 4-1 at Santiago Bonavio. Yeah. that is that was a shocker and now they won 2-1, 2-1. at Turin yeah. and it was really commendable to see some of the fans of Juventus they stayed back in the stadium yeah. to applaud the Ajax players yes. and this is a team led by a 19 year old captain yeah. and it was just endearing to see I mean football is unpredictable yeah. it's it's full of joy but these are the moments in the Champions League that yeah. makes the tournament what it is yeah uh, it's all about appreciating good football yeah. and um, I have to point it out Spurs traveling away to Ajax in the Champions League semi-final I think it's the first leg that could be tricky that it's not going to be easy for Spurs and also Ajax at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yeah, yeah. because they're known to well, perform well away from home yeah. they've done well at the Santiago Bernabeu yeah. they've done well at Turin yeah. you can't expect them to falter now yes definitely because at, at, even if uh, it's going to be a tough fixture for them they have that confidence on away games that they have already knocked out two big teams on their turf so I think Ajax will go in and go in that match with a lot of confidence that they can do something, they can achieve something, and they could end up in the final of the Champions League. Yeah, I think I think all the neutral fans are rooting for Ajax or even Spurs because yeah. they have similar stories. Stories, yes. And it's about the other big game in the semi-final. Yeah. Elsewhere. Yeah. Barcelona versus Liverpool. Yes. Well. Barcelona defeating Manchester United wasn't much of a surprise, was it? Even the way that they defeated the club, it wasn't that yeah, great a surprise. Like I, if, uh, I think nobody really thought that United could pull off what they did in Paris yeah. at Camp Nou. So, most um, most of the people and most everyone around the, the world thought Barcelona is going to make to the Champions League without much of a problem and that's how it turned out. And uh, yes, there was that uh, David De Gea kind mistake, of a mistake yeah. there which uh, made the headline but it was more it was not just because of that it was no. not something which happened last season with Cadius in the Champions League final and they didn't just nick a goal did yeah, they they, they, they won good, yeah. the, both the matches yeah. quite convincingly yes. and it was basically Messi who uh, rallied the troops and isn't that how Barcelona's story has been for the season yeah. with Messi they are a totally different team and without Messi they have struggled yeah they have so Messi in the team and it's going to be a whole different game for Barcelona yeah and they face Liverpool. Yeah. And I was just reading this interesting piece of fact that Liverpool have never lost at Camp Nou 
in the Champions League match. Oh, is it? I didn't know about that. And uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, obviously, there's the homecoming of Suarez and Coutinho. Yeah. More importantly, how Coutinho left uh, Liverpool. Liverpool last uh, January. So there's a lot of uh, drama there which is always nice in any football game yeah. off the field but once it once the game starts it's all over the game but um, i think tactically though i think liverpool may be a step ahead of barcelona just because they have that energy in the midfield and also yeah the front three is one of the best in the world yes i think barcelona may have a tough time at anfield yes but if they manage to keep their calm and if they manage to nick a goal or maybe even draw the match i think the bets will be on barcelona at camp nou so the first leg is at camp nou so that is the most important leg in any knockout uh, yeah. fixture yeah um if liverpool score a goal or two in that game i think uh, the odds will be on liverpool's side that to yeah. go through to the finals but uh, i think both the teams will be up for it and it's going to be a really good game of football yeah um i can't really say which team is going to go make it to the fi- finals but both are competent of uh, achieving it yeah and don't you think the winner of this fixture is likely to be the winner of the Champions, of the Champions League? League maybe maybe because i think the winner of the winner was between ajax and spurs they would have so much confidence by the time they get to the final yeah. that it would make for an exciting match yeah. but on paper, on paper you could argue that the winner of liverpool and barcelona yeah. could lift the cup come may yeah Actually, the final this time is on is in I the month of June. Yeah, I think first yeah. of June. Yeah, so um, that could be the case. Yes. Yes. So. Yes, and that brings us to the match uh, between City and Spurs, the last of the three matches that they played within a gap of ten days, yeah. in the Premier League, and I actually wasn't surprised that City managed to nick that game and they won a one thanks to a Phil Foden goal. Yep. Uh, I just felt uh, Spurs lacked the intensity. I think that you can forgive them for that after and they don't really have the squad that City yes, do. They they don't have a squad depth clearly and I think even their captain Hugo Lloris was injured. Yeah. And uh, Sissoko he had an injury during the game in the yeah, Champions and League and he couldn't play. And Harry and Kane, Kane has been injured. Yeah. So they lacked a bit of intensity but uh, City did they got the job done at the end of the even they had they had fatigue and all of the issues. Yeah. And this is their stomping ground isn't it the Premier yeah, League. Yeah. This is their safe bet. Yes. And and Spurs had the freedom of perhaps losing that that one. Yeah, because they, they really what they have to fight for is top four. Top four. But and they do have some sort of a leeway. Yeah, they they have uh, c- comparatively kinder fixtures compared to the other. Who the, do they play next? I think in the, in they the coming weeks. I think they play Brighton at home in the midweek. Okay. And um, I think they have three home fixtures in the Premier League and one away, and that away is to Bournemouth. And they don't play any of the top six sides in the no, Premier League. No, not anymore. Yeah. So with four games in hand and at 67 points, yeah. uh, they could have they they can manage to one, lose one and I think they chose it perfectly. They could have they, they don't have to put in much effort yeah. at City. But if you if anyone watched the match, they there were three amazing chances for Spurs to score in the first half via Hugmanson, who was a hero for Spurs against City in the last two games. Yeah, it's always Son, isn't it? Yes, and. It was. It's just sad that he didn't end it. But having said this, we have to credit Edison for those three amazing saves. Yeah. 
uh, he uh, ran in and he narrowed down the angle for Son. And I think he's been one of the one of the best players for Manchester City this season. Yes. Along with Sterling and Bernardo Silva. Silva. Yes, precisely. And and obviously Fernandinho. He's always the unsung hero of Manchester City. Yes. I think that's implied in any conversation. Yeah, Fernandinho has been there. We always, whenever we hit the summer transfer window, we always see these uh, rumors going around City that they're looking for a replacement we for play. Fernandinho. And and the most interesting one that I read, and this has been going around for quite a few weeks now, yeah. was Ruben Neves from Wolves. Yeah. So and I think it'd be amazing signing. Yeah. Maybe not a like for like replacement. Yeah. But but still an interesting thought. Yes. And uh, so we always think that this is Fernandinho's last season with City as their main central defensive midfielder. Yeah. But he's been there and he's done it yeah. for what the, for them. So, but uh, coming to Spurs, they still can manage to make the top four. I think they will. I think my money is on Spurs and Arsenal finishing in the top four. Yes, Arsenal, perhaps they have uh, two home fixtures and yeah. two away fixtures in the Premier League. They don't play any of the top six either, do they? Uh, they don't play any of the top six. So, so bit, amongst Spurs, Arsenal, Manchester United and Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal and Spurs have the kind of fixtures. Relatively yes. so. Yes. And Chelsea and United obviously play each other, and United play City as well. So, yes. United also have Everton this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, that is today. And this okay. is a, this is an Everton side which has had their fair share of ups and downs this season. They do, and but but Goodison away for any side is not going to be an easy fixture. Yeah. So let's see how it goes for United. But I think this game versus Everton is going to be very crucial for United yeah. because they play City in the midweek and they play Chelsea at the weekend next weekend so these three fixtures is perhaps going to decide their fate this season because all that has happened with uh, Ole at the club as the manager and how much I think they won the first nine matches out of 10 or 11 yeah and interestingly since uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was announced as the permanent manager they've played seven games and they've, lost they've won only two of them and they've lost five yeah five okay so, so those of us who felt that it should have been status quo, that he should have been announced as the permanent manager at the end of the season. Yeah. You could argue that we were right. Because yeah, it, it seems as though the players have seemed to relax a little bit. Yeah. But it could also be a case of reality setting in back at the club. Because there were always chinks in the armour. Yep. And we see them now. Yeah, so I think after that uh, game in Paris, where Rashford scored that penalty, it's been a bit of a downhill for United. Yeah. They have uh, not... They've basically not played good football. It's hard times now. I think, as you said, reality has kicked in. Yeah. And uh, rightly so, many would argue... And this is the litmus test for him, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Because uh, if they don't make top four this season, yeah. and they're not in the Champions League next season, can they attract the kind of players they would want to attract? Yeah. Because I think a month ago, with the kind of football they were playing, which I always felt they played good against the bottom sides. They played, yeah. I think, 9 out of the 10 matches which they played, or 11 matches they played. They played the teams in the bottom half of the table. Yeah. And they did well. So United played good football. But now, fast forward to one month later, we don't know what the kind of football United is playing right now. There's no particular style or... I don't see the tactics which was working for them before. I think everything is forgiven as long as you win football matches. Yeah. But... When you start losing the matches, yeah. So what has happened now is uh, uh, the fans and even the pundits all over the world they know the main issue with United was we always felt the players there were not the perfect fit for United yeah. Manchester. United I think the, the recruitment club. was always a question mark. Yes. So but they, when they won the ten matches in a row or uh, majority of those matches, yeah. 
it looked like oh these guys are good enough yeah. but i think it's a reality check to the whole club yeah, i think they it was have f- to make signings in the summer yeah. i think it was a false dawn yeah. uh, the phase the honeymoon phase where yeah, the honeymoon phase took over. Is over right now yes i think that was a false dawn yeah so the top four race which has been as competitive as we've seen in the past many seasons yeah we have spurs arsenal chelsea and united all competing for just two spots yeah and how likely is it that either chelsea or united can get a peek in uh it's very hard for them to get into the top 4 spots they have to hope that spurs and arsenal have to slip they have to slip up they not just one match maybe two matches because as it stands if arsenal win all the remaining fixtures yeah. they will end up on 81 points and that should be more than enough to that should be more four. than enough and the maximum spurs can reach from now is 79 points and for united also can end up on 79 points but mind you they have to defeat city and chelsea, chelsea for that yeah. and everton today which is an away fixture so i'm not sure if united can end up on 79 points yeah. or if even chelsea can end up on 78 which is the maximum they can achieve for the season but chelsea do have the europa league which which if, can potentially yeah, get them into the champions league, league. so, so do arsenal it. by the way so do arsenal but arsenal they Still, don't depend yeah, on that do they they're not just depending on that they yeah. can do well they can afford to slip draw one match and still end up on 79 points which is as uh, much as spurs and united can manage from now on i th- i think if if i were a chelsea fan i would be banking on the europa league Definitely, yeah. i think sari with the way he sets his team out even yeah. against the weaker oppositions in yes. the europa league yes. he had no intentions of slowing down I yeah. think the target was to get into the Champions League yeah. in any which way possible yeah. and I think they they're doing just that. Yes. And this season was almost written off around say January or maybe even before that yeah. when everybody thought Sarri was going to be fired or he would either resign yeah. but he has stuck around It's, and I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he's around come summer as well. Yeah definitely because uh, if you remember chelsea city and liverpool were the only three teams to be unbeaten in the season i think for the first 13 that's games that's right yeah yeah and they say it looked like this going to be a three horse race for the title this season and how wrong we were yeah and chelsea kind of uh, lost their way in between but we can't blame sari for that this is his first season in the premier league and if you look at the team chelsea has right now there's not much of an option for him yeah and He, it's an aging squad it's an aging squad and uh, the midfield is very scattered conte for the last 3 years or 4 years has been the best central midfielder in the world yeah he he's been a midfielder yeah. in the world but he's playing in a, on the right side of the central midfield so there's it, it's lot scattered and even the defense is not that strong i'm not sure, i don't know how good rudiger is he's good on some occasions but i think he was he was one of the top 4 defenders in the serie yeah but i don't think that's good enough in the premier league yeah so far we have not we don't rate him in the top 5 in the premier no, league because uh, the way we look at it is does a defender get into the top 6 sides so yeah. i don't see rudiger getting into any side apart from manchester united yeah. and that's only because and that speaks volumes even arsenal, even maybe arsenal. even arsenal yeah. but that speaks volumes of yeah. how badly we rate the defense of those teams yeah. but that doesn't necessarily add value to what rudiger is yes because i i wouldn't see him in the liverpool squad even no, if liverpool defenders have their own criticism which comes their way with Lovren and Matip and he would definitely not make it into Spurs yeah, or City. Spurs or City definitely not. Mm. Laporte is I think heads and shoulders above Rudiger. Yeah. Uh, so 
I'm not sure. Like, I don't think Chelsea has given the best team to Sarri. Yeah. And I think Alonso, after his amazing season with Conte, yeah. I think he has faltered yep. on more than a couple of occasions. Yeah. And I think that's understandably so. Uh, even even their situation in midfield, like you said, they have Barkley, they have Kovacic, they have Conte, they have Jorginho. Yeah. It they seems had Fabregas. They had Fabregas, yeah. uh, who moved to Monaco. Yeah. It, seemed they ha- it seemed to look as if they had way too many creative players yeah. and Conte is also playing in a relatively creative position more than what he would like to have uh, yeah. been in so I think their recruitment needs to improve because yeah. even up front they have Villian and Pedro yeah. who are on the wrong side of 30 yeah. so I think with Higuain coming in now yeah. it's only added to the wage bill yeah. and to the average age of the squad yes. but if they do manage to get into the top 4 Which, at the end of yeah. the season yeah. I think everything would be forgiven I think the recruitment of uh, signing of Jorginho, how much of thought were what put in by the club within that. Yeah. I think it was just a gift they gave to Sari yeah. because he wanted him. But I also have to say, maybe Sari thought Jorginho is going to be the distributor. He's going to be the one who passes the ball. We always see in the English Premier League, yeah. the, where we predominantly uh, watch uh, central defensive midfielders to do the dirty tackles to stop the play. But that's not Jorginho, is it? Yeah, he's not that. What Fernandinho does or what Fabinho does for Liverpool. Or you would say Vanyama does it or, uh, you know, Dyer does it for yeah. Spurs. Uh, but so Jorginho, is he somewhere in between a defensive midfielder yeah. and a creative one? I'm no, I'm not sure he's a defensive midfielder at all. He's someone who is there in that spot who does the distribution. He's there only for his passing. That is what I think because the way he has used him, yeah. I've not seen Jorginho putting in many tackles yeah. or even inter- okay, intercept. Yes, yeah. he, he intercepts uh, yeah. the passes, but his primary role is to distribute. But who? Whom is he distributing to? He's distributing to That's Conte. That's the question, isn't it? Conte is a very good player, but do you think he's a good attacking player? Yes, he has scored important goals for them, but is he the best player to suit in that position? I'm not sure. And I Bar- think Ross Barkley would be good. Ross, Ross Barkley would be good, yes, but I'm not sure if he's able to carry out the responsibility. But I would say Ruben Loftus-Cheek, yes. in the last few days, in the last few months, has uh, come up those ranks and I think he's the one who Sari looks to ahead from now and Kovacic started the season excellently he was combining with uh, uh, Hazard very well but that was the end of it wasn't yeah, it yeah I think uh, that I think Kovacic, that's been Kovacic's season, uh, career so far he yeah. was really good at Inter Milan but and he then he moved to Real Madrid and he could never make a name for himself at Real Madrid definitely yeah. with Modric and Cruz up there it's very hard to get in get in the side Casemiro yeah Casemiro of course so Kovacic coming to Chelsea, we thought that this is going to be the turn of his career and he's going to lead the way in that midfield, but it has not been so. He has had competition from uh, pretty much very inexperienced uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who has been, what, at che- uh, Crystal Palace last season? Yeah, yeah. He, and he had a very good season with Crystal Palace. Yes. And it was thanks to that amazing season that he had with them yeah. that led to him being in the World Cup. Yes. So the, that speaks volumes of how good Ruben Loftus-Cheek is. And I generally feel he's a good central midfielder, central attacking midfielder. And uh, it just doesn't help Kovacic, does it? No, it doesn't. So basically, United and Chelsea have the tougher set of fixtures yes. and they face each other. Yeah. So both of them have to win every match from now until the end of the season. With a better goal difference, if, if possible. Yeah, because yeah. Spurs have a very good goal difference even Arsenal amongst have the a, four yeah, teams. Even too. Arsenal have a better goal difference compared to Chelsea and United. Especially Chelsea with the goals they have conceded this yeah. season, their goal difference is not that great. Yeah. 
So, so it's an exciting race to the top four, as always. Yes. What's also exciting is yeah. the rat race at the bottom half of the Premier League. Yeah. So Fulham are out. Yes. So are Huddersfield. Yeah. That leaves us with Brighton, Southampton, and Cardiff. Yeah. All fighting to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. As it stands, Cardiff are on 31 points. Yeah. Brighton on 34. But we've seen the list of fixtures for Brighton in the upcoming weeks. They don't seem too kind, do they? Yeah, they they are playing three of the top six. That is Spurs this uh, midweek, then Arsenal next weekend, and the last fixture they play City at uh, Etihad. Oh, how do they play at uh, Brighton at their own home? Uh, yeah, at the Amex. At, uh, and in between they also play Newcastle at home. home. So they would be banking on that fixture, but given Newcastle's current form, yeah, nothing's a given. Yeah, Newcastle they defeated Southampton just yesterday. Yes, thanks uh, to three goals from Jose Perez. Yeah, and. Uh, with all that is going on with Rafa Benitez right now with Newcastle but I still think Newcastle should do all in their capacity to keep Rafa Benitez for next season there is some news that he may be heading back to Spain but I can't think of many clubs who have a role that yeah. he can fill in yeah. I think Rafa is well suited to the English Premier League now I don't think yeah. he wants to leave he's loved by the fans he yeah. loves the city yeah. and I was there at the stadium earlier this season yeah. and all you can hear for 90 minutes is Rafa Rafa because for a guy with his CV yeah. it's almost unbelievable that he's at a club like Newcastle yes. and and with all the rich history of Newcastle exactly, with the, yeah. but with Mike Ashley at the helm nothing's a given you don't have enough money to buy the players that you want to buy yeah. so as a Newcastle fan myself I would love to see him there next season but yeah. we never know but they are safe in the Premier League yeah. they will be in the Premier League next season yeah. but can we say the same about Southampton um I think among the other three sides, among the other two sides, uh, that is uh, Brighton and Cardiff, uh, Southampton have the kind of fixtures. Yeah. They are in a good rhythm in the past two months. And they have Hassan Hotel. Yeah. And uh, so they play Bournemouth at home and Huddersfield at home, which I believe at the same areas you expect Southampton to win. They should. And they play Watford away and West Ham away, which are not at all easy fixtures. But I think with Brighton playing three of the top six in the remaining four and Cardiff playing Liverpool uh, today yeah. and United on the last day of the season I think Southampton are good to be in the season, uh, yeah. league next season who do you think would go down I think it can be Cardiff it pains me to say that because they've had a tough season uh, they lost Salah yeah. um, and may his soul rest in peace yeah. but Cardiff have had a difficult season even from the beginning yeah Neil Warnock, he's yeah. such a warrior. We've seen him so many times in the Premier League with many clubs. Yes. And he plays um, a brand of football which is driven more by emotions than by tactics. Yeah. He's not a master tactician, yeah. but he motivates his team enough yeah. that at the end of the 90 minutes, that the players have given everything they have. Yeah. So it'll be sad to see them go. But between then and Brighton, yeah. it's it's difficult to decide who would stay in the Premier League. Yeah. But given the number of points that Brighton have already accumulated, yeah. I would say Brighton are probably safe. Uh, it's uh, Brighton are on 34 points and Cardiff are on 31 points. Yeah. And Cardiff play Fulham, who are already relegated. Yeah, but they would be fighting with they, everything. Yeah, they they, they, it's, they're fighting for pride and there's nothing better you can fight for. Yeah. So but they I, do face Liverpool and United. They do face Liverpool and United, which, and as we spoke before, United have to win the remaining of the fixtures yes. to be in the top for next season. Also, Liverpool have to win the remaining of the fixtures to perhaps win, win the title this season. So... It's not easy. It's not it? easy. It's not easy. And for some reason, I feel Cardiff 
with Nelu and Ork up there, they can defeat Fulham and maybe even defeat Crystal Palace at home. I think Brighton is going down. Uh, your money's on Brighton. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to make it to the league next season. Yeah. So they'd be one of these teams would be relegated to the championship and yep. they would join Fulham and Huddersfield. Yeah. And in the championship, we have Norwich City leading the table with 87 points. And they've had an amazing season. Yeah. And it'll be great to see them back in the Premier League. Sheffield United and Leeds United are yeah. second and third, respectively. Leeds have fallen off the wagon a little bit. Uh, but I still feel that they could probably still make the playoff. Yeah. And we might see them in the Premier League. Aston Villa are fifth. Okay. But they're one of the best informed teams in the championship yeah. with Jack Grealish playing really well, John Terry in the backroom staff and Dean Smith, yeah. uh, the former Brentford manager, he's doing wonders at Aston Villa. Yeah. So we could see very exciting additions to yes. the Premier League next season. Yes, I think uh, the set of players that are already there, I hope they stick to them yeah. as much as possible. And, and, and bring not do what Fulham did. Right? Yeah, and bring in good players, but stick to the core of the team. When you tinker with the core of the team, I think a team loses its identity. So for Norwich, Sheffield, Leeds or Arsenal Villa, they have to stick to that core of the team. And I think that is what will be will help them next season in the Premier League. Because you know you understand each other. The core of the team understands each other. They have the chemistry and they know what they're fighting for and how to get to what they're fighting and for. And we've seen that to be successful. A formula yeah. that Burnmouth have used, Burnley have used, Burnley quite have successfully used. so. Yeah, they're proper Premier League teams now. Yeah. Two seasons ago, they just Absolutely. got... Yeah, yeah, they're proper Premier League teams now. They put in fear into the opposition. They do. Yeah. And look at Burnley. They were in the Europa League earlier yeah. in the season. Yes. Uh, they didn't and do Bournemouth, well. Bournemouth just missed the Europa League two seasons ago. Yeah. So And I think these are the teams that any one of the promoted sides should be looking at yes. for any source of inspiration. Yes. And hopefully... We see some exciting football next season being yeah. brought into the Premier League. Yeah, because I think the relegation race is just as exciting as the top four race. Yeah. And so is the race to the Premier League. Yeah. And uh, I think the title run-in from now on till the end of the season yeah. for both the teams is quite interesting. And it comes down to the individual matches, doesn't yeah, it? It does. And uh, with both the teams... Uh, Four matches to play from now, yeah. from this minute as we talk. Who do Liverpool play? Yeah, Liverpool play Cardiff. Uh, on and that's Sunday. today, isn't it? Yeah, it's today. So they play Cardiff away. So would you like to do a prediction of the run-in, title run-in? Yeah, let's do that. So I think Liverpool will win today against Cardiff. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they win against Cardiff. And City play away to United at Old Trafford. Who do you think is going to win that or what is going to be the result of that? I think it might be a draw. I think it might be a 1-1 draw. As we speak here, United have to win remaining all of the remaining fixtures yeah. to be in the top for next season. And City perhaps have to win the remaining of the fixtures to win the title this season. Yeah. So there's a lot at stake for both the teams. Yeah. At Old Trafford, with what is happening, I just feel United could nick a result here in their favour. I think though many of the United fans all over the world on social media want City to win the league over Liverpool yeah. for obvious reasons but there's something at stake for them as well for next season uh, I think they might as well decide who wins the title in yeah. that match at Old Trafford yeah, I think they might I think they have it in their hands to decide that yes so and also they have their fate in their own hands yeah so they have to make it to the top for next season yeah so what do you think would be a success for City this season well um, silverware wise they've already won the Carabao Cup yeah 
they may win the premier league maybe not yeah. they're in the finals for the fa cup yeah. so on paper yeah. theoretically mathematically they can still do the domestic treble yeah. and amazingly that's never been done before a domestic yeah. treble and pep guardiola will argue that it's still a quadruple because they won the community shield oh, but <laughs> we're not actually counting that are we yeah. no we i don't think we should be but um, yes uh, city were knocked out of the champions league which i think uh, that quadruple would have been of way more significant yeah. what do you think would be a successful liverpool i think winning the premier league is the most important thing right because now because of the 29 year yeah, wait all the the long gap that has been since the last league victory so winning the premier league is very important and uh, what if what if the double liverpool yes. yes liverpool That's win the champions the league liverpool, because yeah. we spoke and how liverpool can uh, on its day can defeat barcelona and they can do the double but i think winning the premier league for any liverpool fan and all over the world the liverpool world basically they would want to win the premier league this season it's the one that everybody is waiting yeah, for isn't it like even the neutral fans i think yeah i don't know how many neutral fans want <laughs> liverpool to win the league but still yeah but going into the title run and after the cardiff and the united game which uh, we both have given our predictions to is the huddersfield is huddersfield liverpool face at anfield which i think should be liverpool's game yeah. easy i think i think the rest of the fixtures for liverpool yeah. on paper i think they should win it even yes. the one at home where they face wolves the wolves, last fixture last. of the season it could possibly go on till that match i think it might it yeah. may even go into goal difference yes it it may definitely i think city have the superior goal difference for now yeah Um, but they I do think, also have a tougher yeah, fixture they do list. have tougher fixtures but i don't see city uh, kind of losing their goal difference advantage here yeah but yeah. it's all down to the result it's all down to the points if they slip and they draw a match uh, i think everyone's money would be on liverpool to lift the trophy at come the end of the season yeah and also newcastle welcome liverpool in the penultimate match of the season at st james's yeah and yeah. do you think rafa will lay down the red carpet for liverpool with all his history and his love for liverpool and liverpool the way liverpool fans love rafa uh, well like all neutrals we also hope for a very competitive match yeah. and the competitive end to the title run but i don't see liverpool losing that match or even drawing that match to yeah. be honest i i don't think newcastle have to be at their worst or their best yeah. because as of now yeah. i think they'll lay down their armor i think yeah. they're probably going they're to a vacation mode yeah. now they're safe they are 41 points yeah. uh, i think we can safely say that they will be in the premier league next season yeah. so they have nothing to fight for Where so when liverpool have, they have lot everything yeah. and i think liverpool don't even have to be at their best okay. to win at st james's so despite what rafa does yeah. i think liverpool will win it and yeah. by a convincing margin also Wolves I think the season for them there's not much to fight for them this season. Yeah. But the last day of the Premier League is Wolves at home at Anfield. Yeah. Do you think the title we spoke about this before but do you think this is the match where it's going to decide? Do you think it's going to be like it happened with City and United or maybe years ago? You think it's going to happen in this season again? The last match of the league decides the winner of the league. It it's it's possible the neutrals have been rooting for Wolves to do well th- yeah. this season yeah. all throughout they're, because they're really good football yeah. I think their achievement or their accomplishments for this season is done and dusted I they think they've over uh, yeah, exceeded their expectations they've exceeded that maybe the Wolves fans would have liked them to be in the finals of the FA Cup yeah because I, yeah. that's something that you would like some silverware yeah. and getting to the finals but I think they've done well yeah. they could also potentially be the team who upset Liverpool Liverpool who 
who sort of changed the course of history yeah. maybe it could also be the united city fixture at old trafford yeah. but if if it's not that yeah. it could be the wolves fixture at anfield the wolves also play arsenal so they play two of the top 6 in the remaining four fixtures and they could there. upset the top four race yes, as well so so wolves have quite a few things to decide yeah. and it's not just the premier league which is a two horse race yeah. the bundesliga bayern and dortmund have locked horns for the title in the dutch league eredivisie ajax and psv yeah. are on equal points as we speak yeah the portuguese league primeira liga <laughs> benfica and fc porto are on exactly the same number of points and have five games to play and it's the same in uh, the turkish league the yeah. super league where besiktas and galatasaray are five points apart yeah i think it's very tight in all the other leagues as well excepting the spanish league where yeah. barcelona are running away yeah. with it and the serie a so where juventus have won the title they already won the title yeah so it's an exciting end to the season not just in the english premier league but in many four other five other countries Yes. It's going to be exciting for uh, any neutral fan or any football fan for that matter. Yes, to good times, a, good times. Yes. And that brings us to the end of the show. Yes, I think uh, when we meet next Sunday, there lot could have happened and we'll have a clear picture in the English Premier League title race who's in the front seat and even in the top four race. So, there's a huge and massive football week ahead of us. Yes. So until then have a great week and see you again next Sunday. And he plays a full time whistle. Well Tottenham and Hotspur have done it. It's one of their great nights. The underdogs have come to Manchester and got the job done after a Champions League classic that's had absolutely everything. It's had goals, it's had incidents, it's had VAR, it's had controversy. And it's Tottenham Hotspur who go to the last four. of the Champions League their players can celebrate